My name is Alex, and I have not always been the single-parent preacher. You see, much like all of us, I've done lots of different things in my life. I have been different versions. I think about who I was as a child versus who I was in my teenage years and my 20s and now in my 30s. There's a lot of changes that have happened, and there are things that I've done that I'm not proud of, attitudes that I've carried that I'm not proud of, ways I've looked at life that I'm not proud of to the point where I used to even sort of challenge God to bring me to some sort of new place. Like, come on, God, bring it. That's not the attitude you should have really towards anybody, let alone to God. I'm not proud of that, and I shouldn't be. In fact, there's this song by the band Reliant K called Who I Am Hates Who I've Been. And I have listened to that song more than a few times. And I think there is a healthy level where we look at our past and we can look at the things that we've done and gone, man, I really shouldn't have done that. But we frequently take it too far. Just the title of that song. Who I am hates who I've been. When you're teaching your kids about words they should and should not use, hate is a word that we tell them you shouldn't use. It is so strongly negative. It indicates a deep, deep level of disgust, of pain, of shame, of guilt over whatever that thing is. So if you look at yourself and you hate who you've been, I think there's actually a problem there because we don't want to carry those burdens. When we get saved, Jesus forgives us for all of those things. But do we forgive ourselves? I talked in a previous episode about accepting your story, the fact that you have one. And I talked in the very last episode about the fact that you're a new person now. In fact, I've talked about that more than a few times already and will continue to because I think it is the thing that gets lost. It's easy to not feel like a new person. It's easy to only remember the old person, but we remember it with pain. We give ourselves no grace. We give ourselves no forgiveness for the things that we've done. Or we continue to blame other people for things that are our fault. But we can't do that. The person who you were, the person who you were before you were a parent, the person who you were before you were Christian, the person who you were before today, informs how you approach life how you look at life, the experiences that you've had create the lenses through which you see your life. And we want to be healing. We want to be getting better. We want to change the lenses. When you go to the eye doctor and they put you on the machine where they flip the lenses around, if you don't have glasses, you might not have gone through this, but when, if you're a person who has glasses or contacts or ever has, they put this thing in front of your face 
and then they switch these little lenses around and they go number one or number two and you're supposed to tell them which one looks better and eventually if you need a prescription they give you one and that lets you see better as we grow as we mature in life our lenses should be changing they should be healing you should not be looking at life now the way you looked at life 10 years ago you shouldn't be looking at relationships now the way you looked at relationships 10 years ago for better or for worse that needs to have changed because of what you've been through but sometimes we never get out of that because we haven't forgiven ourselves we haven't looked at ourselves strongly enough we haven't accepted that we were that person we hate that person there's the cliche phrase love the sinner hate the sin and we can be really good at doing that for other people but for ourselves there is no mercy you go back into that place you think about who that person was who you were and you go oh to the things that you did that's probably healthy but if you can't free yourself from that identity then you're going to find it really hard to become somebody new because you haven't accepted who you were well let's bring this to the bible i've talked for several minutes now i think it's time we bring the we bring the word into this the best example that i can find is this passage in philippians from paul now paul as we talked about before paul was saul saul his job was to travel around and capture and torture and kill Christians, followers of the way. That was his job. Then Jesus knocked him off his horse in Damascus, and then his job became being a missionary, ministering to people about Jesus. So he's writing this letter to the Philippians, and Paul. I'll let the text speak for itself. Philippians 3. We'll start at verse 2 for some context. Look out for the dogs. Look out for the evildoers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. For we are the circumcision, who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. Though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also. If anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Paul is saying, if anybody thinks they have any reason to brag, if they think they've got it all, they are the man, they need to check themselves against me first. Because I am the man. But to be the man, you got to beat the man. So what's Paul bringing to the table? Let's keep reading. Verse 5. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law of Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. He kept the whole law. He persecuted the church. Paul was the man. Or the person that he's talking about in this case, Saul was the man. Other people didn't, couldn't hold a candle to him. 
Like you ever have a conversation with somebody who always has to one-up you? They always have to be the better person at whatever it is, even if they're not really? Well, Paul actually is. But you see, this is not a story where Paul expresses shame, particularly with the persecutor of the church line. All those other things, there's no reason to feel shame about them, but persecutor of the church? I mean, that's an understatement. In Acts 8, we find out that he's the one who oversaw the stoning of Stephen. And when we find out about Acts 9, it says that he had orders from the high priests to go to Damascus to capture followers of the way, to capture Christians there. Persecutor is polite, but we don't see Paul say anything like, I used to be this way, and I feel so ashamed. I wish I'd never done it. I can't believe I ever was this way. How about you? Have you felt that way? I have. There are times in my life that I go back and I look at and I say, I can't believe I ever thought like that. I can't believe I behaved like that. We don't see Paul doing that. Not here. And as far as I know, not anywhere else. This is how he follows that up. Verse 7. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. He elaborates 8-11. through 11. Whoever he was, whatever gain he had, it was all a loss for the sake of knowing Christ. It doesn't mean that Paul forgot who he was, forgot what he knew. He didn't suddenly lose his training as a Pharisee. Lose the information that he had. Lose the skills that he had. He didn't. He used them differently. They still informed his actions. God used them in a powerful, powerful way. Saul was a name people knew. In Acts 9, when Ananias is called to go pray for Paul for the scales to come off of his eyes, Ananias objects. This is a man who's been persecuting the church. I'm paraphrasing, but he's like, God, this guy kills people who believe like I do. And God says, you'll be safe, go. And God used that notoriety. So when Paul walked into town, people knew who he was. They listened. Now, does that mean we should do terrible things so that we get the experience? No. What it means is that whatever you've been through, God can use that to help somebody else. Think of the situation. Think about how you became a single parent. If you're listening to this and you're a single parent, think about how that happened. Or just think about something in your life that when you think about it now, you go, I don't want anyone else to have to go through what I went through. Times where you thought, if I only had somebody who could have told me, who could have warned me, guess what? Now you can be that person. But you have to accept it as part of yourself first. You can't hate yourself. You can't be bitter. 
towards yourself. The Bible has a lot to say about forgiveness. We're not supposed to hold grudges, hold unforgiveness. When we're talking about other people, that's an easy concept to understand. You can look at them, you can text them, you can see their social media. It's tangible. So, this verse, these verses in Matthew 5, in verse 23, So if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother. Then come and offer your gift. It's like if you're praying and then you remember that somebody has a problem with you, go deal with that. But what if the person that you hold something against is you? What if you look in the mirror and you can't forgive yourself? Well, do the same thing. You're going to have to reconcile with yourself. Because here's the kicker. Here's the part where we all get lost who we were is not who we are. And depending how far removed you are in your life from that time, from whatever you're holding on to, you could be a completely different person right now than you were when that happened. So it really is like looking at a different person and saying, I forgive you. Maybe you need to look in the mirror and say, I forgive me. It sounds a little strange to do. But when you can't accept who you've been as a part of your story, when you can't accept what you've done as part of your story, as part of who you are, moving forward is going to be almost impossible. It's just like trying to be, make a new relationship, a new romantic relationship, a new friendship while you're still holding a grudge against somebody else. If you have a friend that hurt you severely, and you haven't forgiven that friend, when you go to try to make a new friend, you're going to see the old friend. And anytime they do anything that reminds you of that, you're going to react like they're your other old friend instead of seeing them for who they are. Same logic applies to yourself. If you do something that reminds you of what you used to be, of what you used to do, and you react with anger and shame and bitterness towards yourself, you forget that you're somebody new. You lose track of it. And all you can remember is who you used to be. But it's not who you are now. There is forgiveness for you, from you, that you need to give. God forgives you. You ask him, he forgives you. You ask him for help, he'll show you the places that you're holding yourself back. Places that you need to resolve internally. God will show you that. But when you come to accept what you've done, who you've been, God can start using that to minister to other people, to help them get closer to him, to help them resolve their issues. You can be that person who, for somebody else, they don't have to say, man, I wish somebody had warned me that, about this. 
they can say, you know what, I was about to go down a really dark path, and then you, you stopped me. It was your words, your friendship, your help stopped me. Don't hate yourself. Don't hate who you've been. Without that, you wouldn't be where you are now. And maybe you don't like where you are now, but it can get better when you accept it and you bring it to God and say, God, what do you want me to do with this? And when you start moving, you will be amazed at what your life looks like when you stop looking at it through that lens of who you were and look at it the lens of who you are now. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the experiences that we've had. We're sorry for the sinful ones that we've done. And I pray that you help us all to not hold our sins against us, because you forgive us. If there's anyone who can judge us, it's you, and you forgive us. Help us to be able to forgive ourselves, to be able to move forward. God, let us be the people who can help others from having to go through what we did. Guide us and heal us so that we can live today for today, not today to try to make up for something that we can't fix. In Jesus' name, amen. You can find me on Twitter at SPPreacherPod. You can email me at thesingleparentpreacher at gmail.com. Thank you, as always, for your time. Please go rate, review, comment, send me a tweet, send me an email, let me know if this is helpful, something you want to hear about. But until next time, forgive yourself, because if God doesn't hold it against you, you should neither.